from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Until we get some resolution on Aaron Rodgers, we're going to continue to look at the Jets and the construction of their roster as any indication of what their plans are. Now, we can judge the moves from the outside, but what happens when you get an indication that perhaps some of your young stars are judging those same moves harshly from inside the building? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and obviously uh, all eyes are going to continue to be on Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to a second. Plus, we're taking your calls over the course of the show. Uh, 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. The best sporting event you've ever attended in person that isn't about your favorite team. So you just happen to walk in, and all of a sudden uh, you realize that you were in the middle of some sort of greatness, and you had no idea. Uh, but that being said, we uh, we do have a signing. We want to make sure that we get everybody uh, caught up on. Harry, you were the one that pointed it out to the world that it looks like uh, DJ Shark has signed. Uh, Wait, who'd you say? DJ what? DJ Shark? DJ. DJ Shark, Shark, Shark. Shark, 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 Shark. DJ Shark, 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 DJ Shark, Shark, Shark. I'm not going to lie. We really only wanted to tell you about that the whole time because of this song. That's it. Harry's just dancing. Harry, you have two- I'm a, fa- I'm a father. Yeah, you I'm have two father. young kids. How many times have you heard this song in your life? Well, just last night, my son asked me to play it while I was giving him his bath. So really? I hear it just about every day, yeah. Oh. He's three years old. Wow. Yeah. Do you know all the words? So- I mean, there aren't, that uh, many, there aren't really that many words. To I it get either. excited when they say "daddy shark" because okay. I'm daddy. Okay. So. Oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I, no. I, what? <laughs> all right, all right, daddy shark. Uh, Fitz and Harry, honey, ESPN Radio. Excuse me. I'm Jason Fitz. He's daddy shark, and uh, obviously, <laughs> De- Devin's just Devin. I didn't, I didn't say what my wife says it to me. I said what my well, I, my kids oh, say it I to did. me. Okay, I you know who calls your daddy <laughs> you, is up to you. Get you. that at this what? point. The only thing I'm 100% certain of is at this point, Devin is updating his LinkedIn. Like, he's just done. He's out of the show. Evan's <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the back saying, this is the great sports content I can put in a note to the bosses afterwards. Uh, all right, so there was some, I, I don't want to say controversy, because frankly, if I say anything about Jets, like, I have never, uh, Jets fans are mostly from New York, right? Like, when did New York get soft? Because the number of Jets fans that are my just goodness. constantly like, oh my God, you said something nasty about the Jets. Stop! Oh man, every day, every day. If we, don't, you know what, Jets. Well, I had some, I had some get mad at me this morning because on Get Up, I said the Jets aren't bringing in Aaron Rodgers to carry them this entire season, in which they are not. They have a top five defense. They have skill position players. They have Brees Hall. They have um, uh, other Michael Carter. They have Zonovan Knight. They have to be balanced on offense. Is he going to be able to carry them for three or four games? Yes. But are you bringing in Aaron Rodgers to carry you all 17 games? No. You're bringing them in so when you get to playoff time, when you get there, because I think the Jets are going to make it, and you got to go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. Now you have a quarterback to do so. There you go, Jets fans. Do you like that? You like that? Just like Kirk Cousins. You like that? 
I, I feel like at this point, anything other than it's fine. You know what? The Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. It's glorious. I'm sorry I ever questioned your <laughs> franchise. You guys are golden gods, and the rest of the NFL sucks. Will you get off my back now? I don't know what else I can say. But uh, at some point, with all the Jets fans that are feeling some kind of way, and again, this one still sits in my crawl, the, the thought that there's an anti-New York narrative from the media this this is this is a new one but that being said uh, there were reports yesterday that Ezekiel Elliott is eyeing the Eagles the Bengals and the Jets sources say and he'd like to have that decision made by the end of next week so he can sign and get moving Brees Hall the running back that I think everybody on this show is a massive fan of tweeted quote I think we're good over here how about you in that tweet, uh, he also tagged Michael Carter, who simply replied, agreed. Both tweets were deleted shortly after. But you can't delete a tweet. Might as well leave it up there. I don't know what's worse anymore. Like, if you tweet it, keep it up. Like, no matter what, even if you called your mother-in-law fat, keep it up. Because all you're going to have to answer is then, well, why'd you, well, why'd you become a coward? Like, why'd you back down from it? Like, at some point, you just got to keep the tweet up. Because the screenshots are out there. And now we at least know that there's chatter. So you got Brees Hall and Michael Carter, expectedly, two very good running backs, saying, we don't need Zeke here because, frankly, some of the young guys feel like they're the building blocks of the future for the Jets. And they don't necessarily love these other people coming in like that makes sense to me well it also speaks to the relationship of the two guys right they don't they won't they don't mind being the one two punch with one another they built that chemistry with with each other also I agree with them 100% I don't think Ezekiel Elliott needs to go to the Jets if it's the Eagles probably if the Cincinnati Bengals maybe because Cincinnati need a, needs a better run game but for the Jets perspective Brees Hall was phenomenal before he got hurt and what Michael Carter was able to fill in, he did his thing. And then also Zonovan Knight, a uh, young, young prospect out of uh, NC State. I thought he did a decent job. So you're talking about three guys right there, and then you're trying to bring in Ezekiel Elliott. I don't see why the Jets would do this. If you want to bring in an Odell Beckham Jr., hey, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind you doing that if you're, if you're the Jets in their front office. But bringing in Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think there's a need for it. Uh, also, you know, you're getting Aaron Rodgers. So I think they'd be okay. I, I like Michael Carter. I'm not sure the Jets like Michael Carter. I like Michael Carter coming out of college. I feel I'm, I feel like that's biased the way I see Michael Carter uh, as a pro. Uh, but the fact is, every time Michael Carter's had the opportunity to step up and really uh, take, take the load, uh, it feels like the Jets are like, ah, we're okay. So, look, maybe this is all about Michael Carter. Uh, but either way, I love Brees Hall. And again, somebody that you and I covered a lot in college football. Like I thought when the Jets drafted Brees Hall, it was part of a home run draft for them that really uh, they did quite well with. So I, I look at Brees Hall and say you got everything you need. At the same time, if the Jets feel like what they want to do is bring in every person that's ever been on the you know on a cereal box in any city to make them a New York <laughs> Jet because he gives them a better shot this year. If they want names, they want to pay for it, cool. As long as you are still addressing the rest of the needs of your team, Good on you, but I don't think that Zeke is going to be the difference between being a wild card or being a Super Bowl team. I I think the Jets are a, a good roster, a very good roster, and if they are able to add Aaron Rodgers the way everybody thinks that they will add Aaron Rodgers, they become a very, very good roster. I also still think the Bills are a better football team, and that's okay. Like uh, I, I know Jets fans don't feel that way. I wouldn't if I was a Jets fan because my fan glasses would want me to look at it and say, we just added Aaron Rodgers to this. That's going to make us one of the best teams in the NFL. I just... I think through this whole process, the Jets are in contention, and that's my expectation. I still don't understand looking at somebody like Zeke. Well, I'll say this. When, when you look at Ezekiel Elliott, 
I don't think he needs to go to the Jets. But if other teams are looking at him, what you're going to get, you're going to get a guy that's excellent in pass protection, right? He did a phenomenal job for Dak Prescott in those regards. You talk about third and ones and fourth and ones, goal line situations. You want to bring him in in those regards as well. Also, if you have a number one back, you want him to come in and be able to relieve your your top dog so they can get a breather here and there. But to, to sign Zeke for him to be your number one punch uh, to your to your offensive system in the run game, I think he's past that point in his career at this moment. Yeah, which is kind of crazy to say considering where we were on Zeke not that long ago. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you join in on the phone as we're asking you guys the best sporting event you've ever attended that wasn't your favorite team. And we're, we're going to take some of your calls. Triple H, say ESPN. Uh, 888-729-3776. I've been lucky enough to be to uh, to be in attendance uh, of several landmark moments. Last night, Madison Square Garden is what sort of launched this conversation for us. I was lucky enough to be at the Super Bowl where the Seahawks didn't hand off. I didn't have a vested interest in that game one way or the other. I was just at a Super Bowl, which is a life memory. But I was also in the room in Rio when uh, Michael Phelps set the new record for gold medals. I uh, with The band played... Uh, we played for Team USA in Rio, and we played the Today Show, so we were you over went, there. You went to Rio? I was in Rio, yeah. Like we, oh we, uh, we had the official song of Team USA that year, so we got to go over there. We Ooh. got to play at the Olympic House, and then uh, we played the Today Show from the beach on in Rio, and then uh, I, they gave us our choice of events we could go to, and that was one that I wanted to be in because of the history. I think that might be it. Like, I, see, I, I see, think that's I, it for me. The, the, the father's coming at me again because my kids love the movie. Rio. Rio, Rio, yeah. the first one, and also the second one. Okay, okay. Uh, Evan looks like he has a question. Go ahead, Evan. I mean, ahead, Evan. I-, I thought the question was that we didn't like our favorite team wasn't playing in. Are you not American? Like, oh, is, wow. is Michael Phelps Team USA not not your favorite team? <laughs> well, I mean. I didn't go in with a rooting interest one way or the other for Phelps. I hadn't studied the swimming. Uh, I know, the, I know why he pedal. likes Phelps. Uh, because he's got abs that I wish I had. Like, of course, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. my God. Okay. Uh, is, we're, talking we're about Mary talking, Jane? I mean, yeah. t- oh. Mary Jane! Oh, yeah, partying, partying with, with Phelps <laughs> would be on my list, too. Let, let, so now we add Willie, Snoop, and Phelps. Snoop is, Snoop is playing in Hartford. If he doesn't come in studio when he's playing, like, this is, uh, Evan, this is my chance. This is my chance to get to party with Snoop. I'll probably get fired. You, you, think, you, you, think, you, would la- you think you would last? <laughs> When when we when we go to break, I'll tell you a story about your product that I'm not going to tell you on air. All right, Triple uh, H, say yes. Go ahead. I, I yes. fulfill one one you know favor for you, and immediately you're just asking for another one. That's uh, you know, how this works. That, that, yeah. You know that's why more. That's why I'm your work wife. I like you know. Give him an inch, he tried to take a mile. My, my work wife is looking at it saying, "Great." I, as the work wife, I'm like, "Great." You mowed the lawn, but now you need to fix the kitchen too. Like, go ahead and fix you, the cabinets. You are a lot more high maintenance than my real wife. Uh, that's, that's probably fair. That is. <laughs> Less less good looking. Uh, well, that's also <laughs> that's also fair. All right, you think it's weird here? Things just got weirder in the NFL with one superstar free agent. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. On ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas has got a candle. So you're in a room by yourself with a microphone and a lit mood candle. Yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. It's Love Friday, and yeah. I got excited. What, what, I got a little excited. What scent is that candle? Do we know? Like This one is mango melon, and the other one is papaya mango. Okay. All right, so you got two candles going in that one. That one. Oh little, yeah, right, it's right. Love Friday now. Okay. Oh, that's right. I don't get to bring candles into ESPN because they yell at me when I. Oh yeah, you know, I tried that. One time, I brought a, a foreman <laughs> grill into a conference room and just thought I'd grill hot dogs and hamburgers for everybody on a holiday. You would have thought I burned the place down, but apparently they thought I might. So you know, I'm not allowed to bring. So candles. that happened to both me and you. Yeah. Oh, I, brought, yeah. I took a candle to Seaport on, on KJM, and I think I had first take that day too, and we got a email. From the boss. Well, I, I, okay, I, but you know what? Uh, it, it's I'm sure it smells fresh and delightful where you are. Oh, and, yes, it does. Uh, you know, everything's everything's natural, easy, and easy to understand on Love Friday. We're just having a good time, which is all I wish that everybody ha- would have when it comes to Lamar Jackson, because I can't figure it out, man. Like, and and for anyone that hasn't heard the news, there is new news, and it's weirder than any of the news that we have ever heard through any of this process of Lamar Jackson. From the outset. So uh, the league sent a memo out to teams saying, remember, you cannot negotiate with any person acting on behalf of a player that is not a certified agent. That's their whole process. They included the name of someone that they claim in that memo may be reaching out to teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson. Lamar then goes to Twitter to say uh, people are making things up. And then not long after that goes to Twitter again to tweet out his new business with that same individual as his business partner. And it's a rolling gym. It's like this, this I don't know, looks almost like a piece of luggage, got roll, it rolls out, and it's a full gym in this little thing. And Lamar's like, I'd like to introduce th- this to the world with me and my business partner. So weird. Like, all of this is just weird. First and foremost... If that gym has weights in it, how is the person in the video lifting it out of the backseat of the car? Because it's got to be 300 pounds. So you got to work out before you get the gym. But even aside from the very weird idea of the concept of it all, like why are we getting this weird video with this person that the NFL just said can't negotiate on half Lamar? Like how could this get any stranger? Well, I think the weird part about it is that I would say all the people that want to bash Lamar Jackson who because he doesn't have an agent. Right. And Jeff Darlington, I thought, did a great job this morning on Get Up explaining, like, can we see the outcome of everything first before we just bash him? There's so many people that don't want to see this happen to the point to where it's really blowing my mind. You know, we're talking about a young man who does things the right way, who is lovable, who is loved by his teammates, who's the face of a franchise. You don't have to worry about him in the off the field issues. And so many people don't want to see him succeed doing things the way that he's doing it right now because he doesn't have an agent. And it's just crazy to me. And he's asking for a guaranteed contract. That's what a lot of people are saying. He hasn't come out and say he was asking for a 100% guaranteed contract. I think we're going to probably get his answer and, and, and his thoughts on that coming up some, sometime soon. But it's just, it's just crazy to me how many people don't want to see him succeed in these regards. But the same people will go out there and cheer for him on Sundays and cheer for him and root for him and want him to do good and, and be great for the National Football League. Uh, for me at this point, I'm at the spot where I cannot believe I'm saying this 
this, but I wish that Lamar Jackson would just take the Aaron Rodgers approach. Just go on some show somewhere and tell us exactly what you want. Make us overanalyze every word that you say because what's weird is that constantly there's just smoke around this whole situation that seems abnormal and then he comes out and says well no one can speak for me I don't know anymore why it has to be this complicated that's what I can't figure out Harry because you're right until we know what he signs until we know uh, how this all works out we can't right now grade any of this situation we can't deem it a success or a failure but my question is if we're trying to figure out if it's a success or a failure we need need to know what he wants and if he's tired of everyone speaking for him does he not at some point just need to come out and just end this he could end all of this conversation if he would just sit in front of a mic even if it was the friendliest interview of all time where we never asked a single follow-up question just tell us what you want man well it might it might be coming up soon though it might be coming up soon but he hasn't done that to this point so it leaves a lot of people to speculate and draw their own opinions in which i don't think is right and, and, and I definitely don't think it's right to look down on him because he doesn't have an agent. Because, uh, like RG3 said this morning, this could be a major breakthrough for players if things do go in the direction that Lamar Jackson is hoping for, right? If, 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 I'm a, if I'm a player at this moment right now, I'm hoping that this can succeed for Lamar Jackson because it means other players after Lamar Jackson will be able to try to do the same things as well. Uh, here's the thing. I agree with everything you're saying, and let me be so clear. I don't care if he has an agent. I also don't care if he wants fully guaranteed money. Like It's his world. It's his bank account. It's his life. It's his career. He should be empowered for all of that. What's weird to me is that to have you know somebody come in and basically say, well, the, this guy Ken is calling teams, and then, well, no, he's not, but now I'm dropping my new entire gym. And then to have him go out to Twitter and say, I'm the storm. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Like He's coming out and saying all of these things. I'm with you 100%. If he doesn't want to have or, an agent, or, great. Or, or people can stop the damn nonsense and stop putting stuff out there like that, too. So it's not just Lamar. How about people just stop putting stuff out there if Lamar isn't saying it's true? Well, well I mean, do we believe that the NFL – because the NFL memo was leaked to the world. So do we believe that the NFL just leaked a memo with the guy's name randomly? I, I, I wouldn't put anything past the NFL. But I don't it, put anything past anybody in this world, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really don't. No, and and th- that's fine. I think the NFL's response being a memo to clubs that got leaked is what makes all of this weird. Like, how how do we even get to that spot? And you're right. Like, we could all stop talking about him, but isn't that also fair to say we could do the same thing about Aaron Rodgers? Like, if we if we really wanted, we well, could just. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying stop talking about him. I'm saying stop. If, if things aren't true, stop saying things that aren't true. Stop making up stories just just to make Lamar Jackson look bad in the light because you don't want him to uh, succeed in the in in the fashion that he's trying to succeed in. And and I totally agree with that. I just don't know how we know what's truth and what's made up anymore. Like that's the hardest part. I like because we never hear from him, which is fine. That's his choice. We only get one side of any of this story, and it's, but, but that's the thing though. We have heard from him from certain things though, like when he he just came out and said that's not true. Ken didn't try to speak on my behalf when it came from a contract. So what more does he need to say then? I, I, he, he just said that wasn't true. That's probably fair, but why is the league putting out a memo? I mean, that's this is the ultimate my word versus your word. Why is the league going to put a memo out to 32 teams if there's nothing there to put a memo out on? Like what? What's, so shouldn't they come out 
and add what they need to add to it then? I mean, that's that's fine. They certainly can. There's no doubt about it. There's never a follow-up question to what we're looking for from Lamar. So I hear you that he's saying, well, that's not true. Okay, well, then why is this being said? I, and, and you're right. That's a fair follow-up question of the league. But that's not for him, though. That's not for him to decipher. If, if, if the league feels that way, shouldn't they come out and say – they I mean, the league didn't make a public statement at all. The league sent a private memo to 32 teams that says you can't negotiate with the guy. And then the quarterback says nobody was ever doing that publicly. And the quarterback says, by the way, here's that same guy in our new business venture together. Like, I think it's fair to ask follow-up questions to both sides, the league and Lamar. No, it's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's Lamar's job to decipher what the league is putting out. No, it, it certainly isn't his job to decipher that. But the league putting that memo out is going to have value. Like, so he's in a lose-lose situation. If he says nothing, everybody's going to keep talking for him. I, it's just, this is why it's so weird. This is just a weird moment. I, yeah. Both of us are rooting it for is. Lamar to get paid, and, <laughs> and I can't stress that enough. Like, I want Lamar to get what he has deserved. It's just, it, I've never seen anything that feels this You, you can tell. I'm just, I'm just frustrated because we're talking about a guy, Lamar Jackson, who does things the right way and a unanimous MVP winner uh, a guy got to struggle to get his money, man. It, it blows my mind, and it upsets me being a former player. It really does. A hundred percent. And we'll keep you updated. Uh, like, like I said, Lamar last tweeted a couple of hours ago, so you never know. Every day we, we hear more of it. We also want to hear from you. What's the greatest game you ever attended that your favorite team didn't play in? We'll take your calls on a 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K. Respect. That's why I care. That's what I did. Respect. The respect. With some I, respect. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Will Levis is thrown right now in Lexington, Kentucky, Kentucky's Pro Day. We're going to give you plenty of thoughts. It's on all the TVs in the studio. We're watching it as it goes down. We'll give you our thoughts on the Pro Day as Will Levis is throwing, but we want to take your calls first. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. The best sporting event you ever attended that wasn't for your favorite team. This is honor of me being at the Garden last night. Had me really thinking about it. Let's go to Ken in Alabama. Ken, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? I went to a July 4th, 1985 Atlanta Braves-New York Mets game that began at 9 o'clock in the east because of a rain delay. Uh, The game lasted 19 innings. There were two rain delays. A lot of crazy things happened. Keith Hernandez hit for the cycle, and then it was uh, 10 to 8 in the bottom of the ninth with the Braves coming to bat. Rick Camp, the uh, closer, had just blown a save, and... uh, 
he came up to bat, and he had never hit a home run in his life. And what does he do? He hits a two-run homer, ties the game at 10-10. to uh, This was the bottom of the ninth. And then they went another nine innings for the Mets finally beat the Braves 16-13. to At that time, it was the longest game in Major League history. Began at around 9-20 and didn't end until about 3-30 in the morning. And then being the tradition in Atlanta, they had fireworks right after the game. Well, they had fireworks at 4 in the morning on July the 5th, 1985. That's awesome. That is amazing. I didn't know that was a <laughs> – can you imagine July 5th? Uh, for Like as a dog owner, my dogs wouldn't love that. But uh, as a Mets fan versus a Braves fan, I like the, the fact that he went there. That, that was, that was... <laughs> I was one years old at the time. Okay. That's back when the Braves were playing at Fulton County Stadium too. Oh, all right. I mean, the fact that you were one at the time. Woo! God, I'm remembering I'm old. Sean in D.C. Sean, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? What's your What's your favorite? Again, not your team, but the favorite moment you've ever been to. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? We're great, man. Good. good. Uh, this is a crazy story. So I get a call from my buddy. And he said, well, let's go Michael Jordan playing out of eyes in a day. Let's go to Philly. I said, uh, for what? He said, go to the game. So we, he said, we're going to drive up. I said, he said, no, we're going to catch the train. So now I think he's up to something. We chase the train up there to Philly. We get to the game, get to the stadium. He only had tickets. <laughs> so we go, we buy some scalpel tickets. The scalpel walks and says, I'm going to get y'all in. The scalpel ticket was good price. He walked into the door, we got in, we sat down. Gang going on. Out of house to hit Michael Joel with the crossover, right? So we're sitting there, and the guy behind me taps on my shoulder. I'm like, man, I got to ask you a question. I said, what's the question? He said, how did you get those tickets? So first I took kind of offense. It was like, what you mean by that? He said, no, no disrespect. He said, but the, the row you sitting in, which was the third row from the floor, he said, the row you sitting in, that whole row is the Philadelphia mob. And I looked down. He said, the lady beside you works on the news. And that ring she got on her, her fingers like nine carats. I looked down. I looked. I said, oh, that's all, that's all my family. <laughs> so he started laughing. So, yeah, we went to the Philly game with Jordan. We well, crossed Jordan over with, with that- no tickets and got, got those seats. I, like I never have that iconic so, like, moment. That, yeah, that's amazing. It's iconic just like, moment for real. I, I I get so nervous buying like e- even to this day. Like when you're buying uh, tickets on the street, I get so nervous. I'm going to go up and they're not going to work. Like I, I'm such a rule follower. I look. Uh, that's a great story. Yeah, and an iconic moment. You're a thousand percent right. Aaron in South Carolina. What do you got, man? What's the uh, what's the sports memory for you? Awesome talking to you guys. Much respect. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Louis, well yeah, done. Louisville Hall of Famer right here. Hey, hello from Charleston, sunny Charleston, South Carolina. I was on a baseball couple stadium tour June 07. I'm a White Sox fan, but I saw, uh, I wanted to go to Old Yankee Stadium. I saw Tom Glavin versus Roger Clemens, and I took a train over to Fenway, and I saw Barry Bonds at a, at a uh, hit his 748th home run right in front of me uh, doing a little interleague play. Uh, stadium tour. So, not my teams, White Sox, my teams, but man, it was amazing to see those two teams in those two iconic stadiums. Uh, I love that. Yeah, like, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and I think the iconic stadium, Harry, plays a big part of it, too. Like, for me, the fact that it wasn't just being at a Sweet 16 event last night, like, it was being at the Garden, right? Like, it just hits different yeah. when you certain, certain stadiums, certain arenas just hit. Was there one for you that you like playing in hit different for you? Uh, when we went to Lambeau. Uh-huh. Especially in December, twice back to back years, it's it's really really cold on prime time, prime time slot on ESPN. But just being at Lambeau, but I played at Lambeau my 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 rookie season, 
That was Aaron Rodgers, I think his first year starting back in 2008, and that was iconic as well, playing at Arrowhead uh, when it was negative 16 with the wind chill and, you know, winning that game. So iconic moments, iconic stadiums as well. So I, I really, really enjoyed it. Wait, real, real, did you ever do the Lambo Leap? No, 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 no. I just want to let you know that I didn't want to get tossed out the club. No, I just want to let you know that you know <laughs> at, uh, when I was up there, we were playing the. There's an arena right down the road, and we toured mm-hmm. Lambo, and you can pay like whatever twenty bucks or something, and, and like go walk on the field and everything. So we did the Lambo leap, which means I have leapt into the field, the the stands at Lambo. <clears throat> And Harry Douglas hasn't. Let me tell you I about that. I'm, I'm, I have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm having it. Uh, smart thing I'm is that nobody it. threw me a football while I did it, thank God. Uh, that's all I have to say <laughs> about that. Speaking of nobody should throw a football, Will Levis is throwing today. The question is, what does it mean for his draft stock? At least from the outside looking in, you do not want to miss the answer. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Will Levis just finished throwing in Lexington, and we're going to throw to our guy that's in Lexington, Todd McShay, joining us. Todd, you were there. You were on the ground. What were your impressions of what you saw from Will Levis? Yeah, there there was some brilliance and, and there was some slop. Is probably the best way I could describe it, and, and it it kind of mirrors the his game tape from twenty twenty two. It just kind of ups and ups and downs. I, I thought, you know, first of all, the arm strength is undeniable. I mean, he can drive the ball after, especially seeing live the last two days. Uh, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State and Bryce Young at, at Alabama. C.J. Stroud has a live arm. Don't get me wrong, but this guy, Will Levis, can can drive it, you know, even better than, than those, those two other quarterbacks who are going to be the first two quarterbacks off the board. He had some great throws down the field. He had some exceptional throws on the run, both rolling to his left and to his right. But, you know, with the in-cutting routes behind receivers, I thought he fatigued as the workout went on, which is, you know, strange. But he also was out here at 8 a.m. because he's such a perfectionist, you know, for, for good and for bad and going through the whole thing before he did it. So you wonder if his arm just – Tired out at the end, he made a brilliant throw about 65, 70 yards in the air, um, you know, towards the end of his workout. But then the next three deep balls you know, were either ducks or were overthrown or underthrown. So a lot of ups and downs, I would say, and it's consistent with his tape. And there's a reason. Like, you see the efficiency and the timing and the touch and the placement of the throws from C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young the last two days compared to here. And, yes, you get enamored with the size at 6'4", 229, 10 and 5 eighths inch hands, mobility, great character, all those things. But I don't think mechanically he's ready yet, and I don't think from a progression read standpoint and knowing where to go with the football when he's contained inside the pocket and pressure's on him, that he's ready to start as a rookie in the NFL. Yeah, that's one of the main things I had, Todd, that you just mentioned last, going through progressions and read, getting off number one, going to two, going to three, possibly right. going back to one. That's not a strong suit. What have you seen from his demeanor, especially when he hasn't made the throws that he probably wanted to make? Well, he he seemed, you know, and he, it's kind of sales pitch time. He came over and he thought he did good. He's like, of course, I'm a competitor. I wanted some handful of the throws back, but I, I can't I, – I showed what I was looking to show today. It was a, I just interviewed him right before I gave you guys a call. So um, he was he was happy, you know, I would say content with the performance. Um, he is business like man. I mean, there there is no messing around. Like 
you know, with, with, with Bryce, when I interviewed him and I've talked to him in the past, he's just, he's very like analytical and thoughtful with CJ. He's got kind of a fun, fun energy to him. And you can see why guys kind of gravitate to him with will. It's like, like a drill sergeant, you know, it just, everything is, you know, he's got a little sense of humor and, and talked about last night, two dinners and have, have with the, um, the Panthers and the Raiders back to back at the same restaurant. He had to order, he had to kind of manage the food and what he got. He got apps in the first meeting and, and a steak at the second meeting. But but really, like he is so detail or, oriented and such a perfectionist that it, it's a you love most of it, but sometimes it's almost to a fault. And Todd, real quick, do you think he put anything on tape today that changed anyone's opinion of him from when they came in the building? No, I think it's going to be far more important when he goes and has private workouts with teams. I I think that they want to test how he processes. They want to put. They want to install different things with him and test his, his brain and how, how he thinks, how he learns. And, and that's going to be much more important than what, what we saw today. But it is very clearly a two-tier quarterback thing going on here with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in either order going one and two. And then it's the upside with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson from Florida as guys who are not ready to start, in my opinion, in year one. Todd, as always, man, we appreciate you giving us the insight right from there. Have a great day, brother. All right. You too. Take care, guys. That's Todd McShay from Lexington. Will Levis just finished his workout. Uh, and, and as Todd mentioned, Harry, he just stepped away from an interview with him. And it's interesting because Todd is making it very clear. You don't have to overanalyze a single thing Todd just told us. He's making it very clear that there is a gap between quarterbacks one, two, and then all the way to Will Levis. Anthony Richardson, in fairness, won't throw his pro day is next Thursday. He hasn't done his yet. But I don't from what Todd just said, it doesn't sound like Will Levis went out there and changed anybody's mindset on their quarterback rankings. Yeah, and coming into the draft, Will Levis, I think taking care of the football was big for me. 23 interceptions in the last two years. Going through the progressions, like I just mentioned with Todd, that was huge. Because that is something that's very pivotal when in the National Football League. Because your first read is not going to always be there so much like it is in college. But also... I can understand a quarterback wanting to be a perfectionist. And this is something I had to learn, right? My wife had to help me out with this, Fitz. You know, trust your process. You do your studying. You do all the things you need to do. There's no reason to go out there before you have a pro day and throw extra and do any of those things. Trust yourself, right? Trust yourself. So those are probably some of the things he's dealing with right now. And then watching what I've seen on TV, the body language, right? When things aren't going right, make sure your body language isn't showing that you're flustered or frustrated in those regards. Make sure your energy is always up at all times, no matter what, because being a quarterback, you're the person that everyone is looking to. Your teammates, whether it's offense or defense, but especially when you're in a huddle. And right, you're, and, and then your offensive coordinator who's calling plays, he's watching that body language as well. It's funny you mention that because we all saw it. All four of us that had it on while he was throwing all saw how tight he seemed to get when some of the throws weren't going his way way and we always hear coaches talk about every player I don't care about the position your ability to put the last play behind you and move forward well it it, all of these little things stack up when you're talking about a a multi-million dollar investment we talked yesterday about Bryce Young CJ Stroud and how important dinner is with the Tepper family every single thing that these guys do at a pro day is being analyzed so his fatigue comes into question his attitude comes into question if the if the throws aren't uh, going the right way and I don't mean attitude like he's got an attitude problem it's just positivity right like body language all of these things are being over analyzed through the process of this and that's what that's 
what they're up against. So if you're Will Levis, you came in today and you needed to show something. I love also what you said about routine because even for us and the way we do this show, like we're both creatures of routine, the way our yeah. process works. Like there is something to just trusting this is what got me here and this is how I do it and this is how I will do my job. If he varies some of that, you really do have to look around and say, hey, that that's not what you need to do right now. I I didn't in the TV just on TV today. I didn't see something that gloriously changed my mind about well where Will Levis sits. And I, and I will say this: routine is good, but to a certain extent, right? Because even with our show, you know, we may have breaking news, and we need to break away from from our rundown and, and talk about what's going on in the moment. Things are like that on the football field as well. When things don't go as scripted or as planned. What are you going to do? What's your mindset going to be? How are you going to be able to overcome, right? What's the next thing uh, you're moving towards? That's huge at the quarterback position in the National Football League. Yeah, but it also comes down to, that comes down to, can you, do you make a plan, stick with the plan, but then also able to work around the plan? Like, all of these cheesy variables are so real right now. So uh, that's part of what I think everybody's watching Will Levis because anytime you've shown a deficiency on tape, the question is, what did you show in your pro day. We got some answers on that. Now, Todd said Will Levis had multiple dinners last night with two teams. I don't know if you guys caught that. He had dinner, back-to-back dinners in the same restaurant last night. That can only be awkward. The first dinner was with the Panthers. The second dinner was with my beloved Raiders. It leads to the question, what's the best fit for Will Levis and how excited should we be about him in the next level? We'll answer that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 